Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to My Independence Report. My name is Kevin McDonald, and uh, we've got a great show for you today. I hope that you'll hang with us for the entire hour. Uh, we have Lynn uh, Lynn Miller and Barbara Mango. Mango, is that correct, your last name? Yep, like the fruit. <laughs> there you go. And I like mangoes, especially from when they're fresh from Hawaii. They're, they're, they're wonderful. By the way, what did you think of the new opening? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Well, mm -hmm. see, I made I made him say that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it was great so, anyway, really. It is <laughs> awesome. Okay, so explain to me and our audience why you're here. <laughs> I, I know why you're here, but I want you I want you to uh, explain. You've written a book. And it's based upon life experiences that both of you have had that are really out of the norm, if you will. Uh, at least a lot of people don't admit to it. So, so tell us, Barbara, tell us about the book. Well, the book is called Convergence, The Interconnection of Extraordinary Experiences. It came out March 1st, was the original launch date. And Lynn and I are co-authors, and it was born of two things. Number one, our lifelong experiences of like every kind imaginable and our understanding from a very young age that all of these experiences, although they're quote separate, they're really not. They're all interconnected. And then Lynn and I worked on uh, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation Research Committee and um, we became really good friends and we were researching the interconnection of um, unidentified aerial phenomena and other inexplicable phenomena. And the common theme was non-local consciousness. And that's how Lynn and I met. And we started working on a chapter together for the book. And we said, hey, you know what? Let's just blossom this into a book because we have so much to say. So that's how I met Lynn. And how are sales going from the 1st of March? How's it going? From the 1st of March, we just finished our first quarter. And I have to say better than I thought. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was pleased. <laughs> Let's well, hope you know, get some more, Kevin. Well, the law of attraction and all that, if you put it out there and, and it'll happen for you. So, okay. which, which, is, which is just awesome. Now, Lynn and I had the opportunity to chat before, but we didn't get into a lot of what she experienced growing up. And, um, and I also want to get into the UFO thing because it's coming, it's coming to a head right now. And, yeah. uh, and we need to, we need to talk about I that. But first, I, I, I certainly hope so, because we've been saying this for years, that it's like this is the year that we're going to, you know, um, you know, that everything's going to be revealed. So I certainly hope so. Absolutely. So 
uh, Lynn, tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences. Um, and it's really, honestly, your experiences with energy. And that's what this all comes down to, right? Yeah, it, of course, it's all energy. And energy also, you could say, is vibrations. Uh, and also energy can be another way of saying interdimensionality and stuff. Because, you know, everything, when you talk about the dimensions, we are talking about the differences in vibrations, therefore the differences in energy. So are you asking me about how this started for me? Yeah, we might as well go there because yeah. that's a good place to begin. Where did it begin? How did it start for you? Well, it started probably when I was um, hitting puberty. But now I will say that it probably started long before then when I was really younger. It's just that I don't remember a whole lot of details because when I was younger, there were some instances where it was very difficult for me to um, understand the difference between um, reality and things that were not reality. Um, for instance, I was having visions of the Mayan temples and tunneling underneath the Mayan temples. And I was having visions of visiting these places with my, my dad and my brothers. Um, and there was times when I really thought that those things happened and they didn't. So uh, those things were, so I, things were, I don't know if that I had them, I had dreamed them so often um, or visualized them or had certain types of fantasies about them. But yeah, it was to the point where when I was a child, it was hard for me to tell the difference between these two worlds. When, um, when I started getting older, around 13 or 14, um, I noticed that I would awake at night and the my room would be a different color. Like there would be a very bright blue light. And um, I was just sitting up and I was thinking, it's like, okay, this is really cool. And it seemed normal to me. And that would probably have been starting my first adventures in probably um, having contact with other entities, possibly extraterrestrials. Um, also where I would be having my, you know, first, um, at least things that I could recall out of body experiences. And then of course, as I got older, th these, um, experiences started to be more prominent, especially when I started to study spirituality and started to, um, practice meditation, I noticed that these things were becoming really, really um, quite prominent in my life. I was having really, really um, strange vibrations. Of course, that would be the energy parts of this. And um, I started to listen to more things, read more books. And that's when I started getting into learning about out-of-body experiences uh, through William Buhlman and started to do... Um, controlled out-of-body experiences at which um, I would um, do f different types of meditation in order to have a higher likelihood that I would have OBEs and I learned how to control them once I were once I was out having an out-of-body experience at which I have met many many entities my guides extraterrestrials I've been to different worlds all kinds of things it's been a, a very, very beautiful experience for me. 
Barbara, how about you? How did you uh, um, get to the point where you wanted to write this book? Oh, boy. Um, well, what happened was <laughs> I got my Ph.D. in metaphysical science in 2014, and I've been a lifelong experience, I mean, since I was two years old. And so I think I wanted to take the educational component with the experiential component and sort of put them together. But when I first graduated, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure of my direction. So I was asked to be on the board of the Past Life Research Institute, uh, which was great. And so I presented at their first uh, at a conference in 2015, excuse me. And then I just started writing articles. I have some articles published on um, Jeffrey Long's Enderf website. And I started contributing chapters to other books. And then when Lynn and I met, like I said, um, we, we were writing a chapter for the first book that came out, Dr. Edgar Mitchell um, Foundation. They were publishing it. I think it was what, Lynn, like 800 page book. And we're like, um, that's a little long. Why don't we take the information? You know, we all, we, always believe that consciousness is non-local and that was the focus of the dr edgar mitchell foundation and we always believe that because experientially right that was a common theme or the theme in every one of our experiences so we figured you know um lynn has a science background her she's a master's in biology and with my metaphysics background and our amazing amount of personal experiences we decided let's finally write that book because it's something that I had wanted to do and my contributions and just, you know, articles were sort of leading me on that path. And it's something we always wanted to do. So we undertook it. You have a, you have a PhD in what? It's metaphysics, metaphysical science. So it's a great word. So when you went home for Thanksgiving and your mom and dad or, or whoever you had Thanksgiving with and you then you sat there and, and they said, well, what are you going to school? What's your major? It's like metaphysical science. Huh? What is that? You, no, they, get... they... <laughs> no, my family always thought I was crazy. I mean, I they thought I was crazy. <laughs> when I was two years old and told about my, my spirit guide, you know, and I mean, so I'm used to being crazy. <laughs> um, my dad actually didn't believe any of it, but he was proud of me that I was, you know, motivated enough to pursue it. And my mom was just like, Oh God, she's nuts. My sister was like, she's nuts. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I didn't plan on getting my PhD. I, I, did get my master's but the thing is i loved the material so much kevin i i couldn't put the books down i mean i, I literally could not stop studying i'd walk around the house i'd have my nose in a book i mean i'd be cooking like with one hand like on the oven and the other with my nose in a book so i just kept going and going and going and then you get to a point where it's like um you know i either don't do my dissertation and I'll never get my PhD and I'll never I'll get that final part or I try to undergo the sometimes torturous process of it and go for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot of support and 
a lot of people I know just thought I was crazy. But what metaphysics means, in case you know somebody is not familiar, meta means beyond, and physics means the physical. So it's a study of what lays beyond the physical, the five senses. And there seems to be a lot more beyond the physical that we don't understand. And uh, a lot of people will not even take the time to to look at it. But I got to ask you, I got to ask you both, because you both have had contact with your spirit guides. Do you have regular contact with your spirit guides now? Lynn? I have. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. Either one. Uh, oh, um. I feel like my spirit guides are part of me every day. Um, so even though I may not be having, let's say an out of body experience where I'm actually talking to them, I, I feel their presence all the time. So it's, it's sort of too, like when I have thoughts and when I have meditative thoughts or prayers, I just always feel them there with me. So yes, all Barbara? the time. Um, when I had my first experience with a spirit guide, it was a very specific spirit guide. She was a Native American um, woman. And I think at that particular point in my life, she was exactly <coughs> who I needed to come to me. But throughout my life, because I've, you know, I've read, I, I, my experience has been I've had different entities or, you know, beings come in and out of my life at different times. But honestly, the one being who's consistently been in my life my maternal grandmother she died when i was 17 and she's always around me and so when you have an out-of-body experience which by the way uh, uh mr buhlman his book I, I did interview him years ago and it's on the podcast so you can review his material and it really is quite startling uh when the out-of-body experiences that 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 he learned how to do and learn how to do it. And I was quite a bit younger then because uh, this was like in 2003. And it was like, are you sure that you have, but I no, I, I, there's so many people that I've met that have, that have had out of body experiences now that uh, I believe in, I believe in the concept and I believe in what they do. When you're talking with your spirit guide, Lynn on the other side and you're having a conversation what are they talking about? Are they talking about your life and what you can do and how you're doing and stuff like that? Or are you, they talking about sports and, and, or what, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Okay. That's hard to explain. It really is because I, I do feel like it is um, that there's several of them. It's just not one. And um, I feel like a lot of it is sort of like an education. They're teaching me and they're training me. And that's part of it. And that was some of it was very, very straightforward. Like I would be having an out of body experience and a particular guide would be teaching me and telling me about certain things, for instance, like how to create wormholes and portals to other dimensions. Okay. Some of the, some of it was, yeah, some of it was manifestations. Manifestations was a really big deal because the law of attraction works very quickly on the other side. Um, you know, you're closer to source. The energy is so much greater. So manifestations work very quickly. And that was a big part of it too. And a lot of it was just teaching me 
about that, that we are creative beings. And that was a huge part. A lot of it also was experiencing multiple lives and past lives, my life on other dimensions and other planets and other civilizations. It's like I was experiencing those lives as them. You know, it's like I live, I, I remember lifetimes upon lifetimes of experiences. So that was part of it. Part of it is that my guides took me to other other dimensions, other planets to look at, to, to visit other types of um, beings, other types of extraterrestrials. So it's a various sort of thing. There are times when I would experience, let's say I would, I would come out of body and I would ask to see my guide and I may not see my guide. You know, there's times too that I would ask to see them and they weren't there or that they would just be there without me asking. But it's it's sort of like to me, they are my family. They are my friends. They are everything. I have been with them for lifetime after lifetime. So it's just this huge knowing. And, you know, that was it's just the most beautiful experience. It really is. So it's it's so many different things. And Barbara, how about yourself? Um, my, my experiences aren't based so much on guides. I mean, they do come in and out of my life. Um, I do do energy work. I'm a Reiki master and I do Reiki on myself a lot. And when I'm doing Reiki, I feel a lot of vibrations and I get answers to things. It just sort of pops up into my mind or I see not so much colors, but I, I can actually get answers. And I, I really don't know who's talking or speaking to me, but I have so many different kinds of experiences. I mean, they range from like mediumistic um, experiences to weird stuff going on in my house. And I, I have to say like, when we first moved into this house, some like really creepy weird stuff was going on. And so I did a little investigating. And this is something that, happens with some frequency in the house and it's not like bad it's just you know unusual phenomena but our house is like situated right on the path of the underground railroad because it, believe it or not in connecticut the town i live in which i didn't know when i first moved here was really big big part of the northeast underground railroad and it literally almost runs right through our property so um, that's one piece. And also there was an encampment of the Revolutionary War really close to my house. Well. So I think there's been a lot of trauma and embedded energy. So, I mean, yes, I have my guides. I also have uh, experiences with orbs and things going on in my house. And I've had many, many, many past lives, but they've all been while I'm fully conscious and not under hypnosis and i've um halfway you know identified one of them you know i found some facts backing it up i've i've seen um a ufo i've you know my my experiences are very varied like lynn is, is just as had like i don't know 500 a thousand obes but mine tend to be of different types you know um and they don't come necessarily when I expect them. You know, they just sort of pop up. Now, do you believe, both of you, do you believe that 
this is a special gift for you guys, or do you believe that anybody could do it if they're open to it? That's number one. And number two, Lynn, I wanted to ask you, you've done a bunch of OBEs. Have you ever left your body, gone into somebody else's house, and ended up in their bedroom at an inopportune moment? <laughs> do you want me to go? Okay. Um, no, it's not like that. No, um, I, I know. I just, um, I just, I just, I just shut you down. Sorry. No, it's like um, this is okay. Can anybody have this? Number one, I, I do think that when it comes to, and Barbara can probably talk more about this too because she did the psychology behind this. Yes, I, I you know, interdimensionality, the fact that our consciousness is non-local is a human thing. It is within all of us. Okay. So that's just what we are as human beings. Okay. Um, now when it comes to the access of being able to have experiences like out of body experiences, um, experiences like Barbara has. And of course, you know, last time we talked, it goes way beyond that too. the psi phenomena, you know, telepathy, mm -hmm. um, ESP. Yes. I think that because human beings because we experience non-locality, yes, as human beings, that is in our nature. However, there are certain types of personalities that are more prone to have them. Now, um, I, it's, and Barbara can explain that. I would never, and I really do feel like that it is impossible for us to be able to go in places like when you're having an experience and like OBE where you're infringing on somebody else's privacy or you're going into, you know, I mean, I just, I, I think that there's universal laws against that. I'm not saying that it can't be done and maybe on TV it's done. Like we can possess somebody else's bar, you know, go <laughs> and, and look at people. Now I have, I have visited people. Absolutely. Yes, I have. But it was usually something that was given permission for me to do. And or sometimes let's say I had been I've had I've done experiments where it's like, let's meet somewhere on the astral plane and stuff like that. So we have. But as of going in somebody's bedroom or, or you know, overstepping the boundaries of privacy, I, I just feel like there's I, I don't know how to say it just that there's energy that keeps us from doing that. It's just something that keeps us from overstepping that into somebody else's because I mean, we are beings, you know, we are interdimensional beings. And I just think that that is something that is impossible for us to infringe on, but you know, other people may say differently, but I would, I just, I, I personally am would totally not want to do something like that. Or I don't even think I could. You know, I mean, I've been to, I've even been to the hellish regions of the astral plane, like what you would consider to be the underworld, you know, and stuff like that. But as of infringing on somebody else's privacy or trying to, you know, get into their thoughts or read their thoughts or take over their minds. No, 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 no. Well, what fun Barbara, is that? Barbara, you want to talk about anything about Kevin, that was a very leading question, I have to say. I've always wanted to know if, if you, if, for example, if you're a gossip 
and you want to find out about your neighbor and what's going on in their house and you go hang out, you can find it. But I know I, I get the fact that, that the, the other side protects people and their privacy and all that. So I was, I was kind of making a bit of a joke, but in any I know, way. I know, but it was fun. But, but, but still, <laughs> if, you, if you can, you know, anyway, so, so Barbara, speak to, speak to the, the whole realm of things. Now you've written the book, okay. the name of the book is again, Convergence, the interconnection of extraordinary experiences. Very good. And it's the two. These are the two authors, Barbara Mango and Lynn Miller. And uh, what's your website if they want to go look at that? Oh, it's www.extraordinaryexperiences.org. Extraordinaryexperiences.org. Check it out because they've got more than just this book. They've got a couple other books that are up there as well. And but anyway, finish finish your thought in regards to um, what my smart ass remark and what we were talking about. You are you were gonna yeah that very funny. But you were gonna ask me what type if we think that like anybody can have the these experiences. Exactly. Well, like Lynn said, yeah, we're all capable of it but i think it's a two-part number one like we can all sing right but i'm no lady gaga right and the other part is is fear i think a lot of it's fear-based i mean my husband was raised in a very religious catholic family and even though he's embraced a lot of the things like he's seen things I've seen. He's really opened up a lot. He's he really he has a like a block, a block of fear. He's too afraid to let himself his mind go. Right. Um, and so I think that fear and I also think some of us are just born more attuned. And so I've always been really interested in um, psychology, especially like abnormal psychology. So um, when we were writing the book, I wanted to try to learn a little bit about the type of personality that tends to have experiences because there is. And um, Kenneth Ring first did uh, research on a near-death experiencer personality type, but I wanted to try to expand that. So I uh, learned there's something called an anomalous prone personality type, which kind of encompasses everything. It encompasses like near death experiences, past life experiences, any kind of extraordinary or inexplicable phenomena. And um, we are like wired differently. Most of the time we have really difficult childhoods, not everybody, but most of us. I know, you know, Lynn and I did. And um, we either as a young child experienced abuse, be like sexual, physical, um, emotional abuse. We either had a traumatic, like one really traumatic incident in our childhood or real chaotic home life. And we also easily disassociate. But here's the thing, disassociation, you know, daydreaming, zoning out, whatever, you know, it has a flip side, like, yes, we disassociate, but it's also a psychological coping mechanism, right? For trauma. So is it that we easily disassociate or has that been taken a step further, right? Because it was a coping mess mechanism for us. We tend to be um, introverts and very intuitive and um, 
easily hypnotized or spaced out. Um, easily, we can get spaced out or you know zone out. We are tend to be very creative, independent. Um, we like to do things our own way. We see the big picture. And um, we're also, and Lynn and I were talking about this the other day, like we, we like things to be fair. We're very um, oriented towards fairness and treating everybody with kindness and respect. But that's almost like hardwired into us. Uh, so Lynn and I actually took a test. Have you ever heard of Myers-Briggs personality test? Kevin? I have, but I'm not familiar with the details. Okay, well, it's it's um, a personality test, and actually, it's it's broad in its scope. But businesses used to use it, right, to see kind of see what kind of person they were going to hire, <laughs> you know. And it's it's the biggest personality test there is, and it one of the main factors that it weighs upon is whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. And so when Lynn and I took this test, the top 4% of the personality types tend to be anomalous personality types. And Lynn and I were like way off the charts. We tested in the top 1% of the entire population. So we know we're weird. <laughs> we, we're like, okay, this explains it. So, you know, so yes. But Barbara, okay. can you ex can you talk a little bit about more what is an anomalous prone personality type? You know, like they're creative. You know, some other things about them. Um, well, yeah, they're creative. They're assertive. They're forthright. Um, and I, you know, we don't. We're sort of anti-authoritarian, a little, little rebellious. Um, but, <laughs> and we also tend to be very. Um, sensitive but i don't mean like we are sensitive beings and we're very empathic but i don't mean just like sensitive like we're highly sensitive people to the you know towards other people we also tend to have like um sensitive chemical sensitivities uh environmental seven sensitivities like you know allergies stuff like that um we tend to have and i know this sounds strange but a lot of us have more physical issues. Um, we seem to be wired that way. I mean, I could speak for myself, uh, but actually we tend to have more um, medical issues and operations, which I can attest to, which is really strange, but I think it's part of that. I don't know, we're just prone to um, sensitivities in general and bodily, uh, anomalies you know um i'm trying to think so we're highly sensitive we're uh, fantasy prone as well you know our imaginations can just take off and um but none of these traits i i really want to uh, emphasize this none of these traits are pathological you know like people may say oh my god you're crazy you're nuts it's stupidest thing i ever heard of um you know you're out there but these are very real things that we came into the world wired this way. Our environments help shape us, but in no way are these things pathological. You know, they're very normal. They're normal to us and they're very much within the norm psychologically. 
by the by the way, Barbara, uh, if you need to stand up and move around, feel free to do that at any time because I know okay. that speaking of which you you recently had back surgery mm -hmm. and and that that takes a while to get healing and get feeling yeah. better. You know, yeah. so I, I'll bet you I'll bet you though that I've had as many surgeries as you have. <laughs> Let's see, I think this was my twelfth or thirteenth on this track. All right, you're you're ahead of me. My sister, my sister who's five years older, has is in your league. I've only had nine. Um, oh, that's but, enough. Yeah, but I've <laughs> had back surgery, stomach surgery, all that kind of stuff. So, but oh, I so gosh. I get it. I get what you're talking about. Um, and I want to I want to delve into you know um, we need to delve into a phenomenon that is taking place right now in our society that I have. I've only been alive for 63 years, but I've never seen the amount of coverage and the amount of people talking about, and the, by the way, there's a government report coming out in June that should be quite interesting. Uh, but as far as the UFO phenomenon, it is beginning to go a lot more mainstream than uh, I would have thought it would have thought ever because it denied it for so long that it's just weather balloons and that kind of stuff. Do you guys find that that in your work that uh, uh, we are we are entering a new phase of UFO phenomenon and their ability to hang out with us? Barbara, how about you go first? Um, you know, I I saw one of my major lifetime experiences was, and in the book I write about this was actually seeing one and a bright, beautiful, sunny day. It was enormous, but it was, I verified it. It's in the um, the uh, government declassified um, Project Blue Books. So it was verified and it was an amazing experience. So I've always believed in them. I've always considered them an absolute part of, you know, just a normal thing. Like never like the norm. Um, I've seen a few other sightings, but they haven't been verified. Yes, I think this is being talked about much, much more. I think people are becoming a lot less hesitant to discuss it. Maybe it's because it's being accepted more um, in society uh, in general. Uh, but as you would say, people are coming out of the closet more. And it's not it's not being judged as much, I don't think. There's a lot there's a lot more um, validity given it to it now that there's so many shows on like Discovery Channel and Ancient Aliens and you know, media coverage, that kind of thing. Lynn, what do you think? Um, I think that well definitely, but I think what Kevin is getting um, what he's hinting to is disclosure, right? That we're kind of getting close to the all complete disclosure. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I remember when they start, you know, when they had that UFO, that um, Tic Tac, as they called it, you know, with the plane chasing it. And then that was on national news. I think that that sort of started the beginning of let's like, you know, where they're getting on national news and actually saying, oh, look at this. This is an actual UFO. I mean, you know, things like that. Um, are you trying to say that it's starting to build up to a, a point where more and more these things are being 
put on in places where, you know, like, you know, actual media on TV besides ancient aliens, which I love, uh, but actual news channels and things like that mm -hmm. to start getting us a little bit more accustomed and, and trying to get us a little bit more and more to the point where it's like, huh, you know, this is believable because I, I know that when it comes to disclosure, that it's had to be pretty, it, it, you know, I think when it comes to, you know, the public that the government probably held back to the point where it's like, let's not tell them all the truth all at once, but to just gradually get in there and take small steps. So I think well, that is definitely happening. Um, and I know something I'm big is coming up too in the news. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you that, um, for years, people have said, well, you know, if they if we found out that there are actual extraterrestrials that are here, it would freak everybody out and we would have mass pandemonium and we have uh, all kinds of problems and stuff. So I honestly believe that by doing it this way, our government, as our other governments, we're not alone in this, are slowly but surely oh, yeah. leaking out to make it more more normal so that when that day comes mm -hmm. when when somebody does show up on the white house lawn and it, <laughs> it will become a little bit more it'll be easier for us to take and there won't be you know as long as long as they don't come out and and look like alien and and stuff then we're you know we'll be fine but i think <laughs> i i really think they're prepping us for a bigger event than we've ever seen well I think too, like even the Pope, you know, even the the Church and the Pope admitted that they believed in extraterrestrials and stuff like that. So you're having these, you know, big people, uh, you know, out there, you know, admitting and or saying, "Oh, I believe it." So you know, if the Pope believes it, it's got to be true and stuff. So you know, I think that that sort of is protecting sort of the religious side of this because you know, I always thought it's like. Come on, man. When all of a sudden we are aware and know for a fact that, you know, there are other races besides mankind, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to that's going to really change some paradigms for a lot of people that may not be able to accept it, especially, as I'm saying, in the religious aspects of, you know, that humanity is not, you know, you know, God's chosen people or whatever. You know, um, so it could I think it's had to be very slow and in, in you know, a, a very progressive type of of situation. Um, We're not alone. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, did, but I did want to mention yeah, this. If, 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 if I can, because you two are, by the way, the name of your book again is, because Susan wants to pick it up, the name of the book again is? Convergence, the interconnection of extraordinary experiences. Absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, as as you can tell, you can read that that somebody is the Susan is uh, sending us messages, uh, and it's not from the other side. It's actually yeah, from I her. see it. <laughs> yeah, from, I'm trying to look. My eyes are bad. <laughs> and she, and here she says there are people right now who work energetically with ETs to help heal the planet. I know one personally. Hey, I know too. I bet you it's the same one. But uh, um, but 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 given that, it is uh, um, interesting when you look at it philosophically, 
and I want you to put your, your earthling hat away here and think philosophically because humans have not been around for all that long. You've been around forever. Your energy has been around forever. So you may have been an ET at one time before you became a human. Do you guys agree with that statement? I, oh, I totally. Uh, yeah. No, hey, listen. And if this has to, like with Susan, who said that in different, she's had, she's met them in different lifetimes. I feel like this is my first incarnation on, on planet Earth. I personally do. Because I've had visions of other lifetimes where I have lived as an extraterrestrial or another being or what we call non-human intelligent being, you know, and, and, you know, it's, I think that, you know, a lot of people call them star seeds and things. And I know that there's a lot of people out there. I mean, this is not an uncommon thing. I know there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way that I do that feel like they're, you know, this is not their, you know, their origin is not planet earth. But we are here for a purpose and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Did I answer the question? I can't remember what you asked. Okay. I can't. Yeah. That was so long ago. But no, no, you did. You did. You answered it because I, because I've said this to people before when they say, you know, us as humans. And I said, by the way, I just want to let you know that your soul is not human. And it's what, 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 what do you mean? It's not human. It's like, well, no, it transcends that because your soul can end up being anywhere in any dimension, in any form mm -hmm. at any time. And so it's not, you're not restricted or bound by what the, the, uh, uh, religion would say, or, you know, and that sort of thing, because mm -hmm. we are ultimately, we are all one and we are all the, the same energy, right. regardless of where we come from. Mm -hmm. uh, is is my my opinion, and and I, would you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely! Oh yes, totally. You know that's yes. why I had you on. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree with yes. you. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Susan. Go ahead, Susan. Hello. Did you mean me or did you? Mean are you who? Are you talking to one of us? Oh, you, us? you you started to say something, Susan, are and then I cut you off. Uh, are you talking to? Us? Oh no, Susan. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Susan? Oops, yes. sorry about that. We I didn't meant know Lynn. Who talking to. I don't know who I'm talking to either. Okay. That's one of the, one of the advantages no, uh, of being who I am. Sorry. Um, I sorry, I feel like one thing that I share in common with uh, with with um. With, with quite a few individuals, especially people who, um, that have had out-of-body experiences, is this longing feeling of wanting to go home or missing home, and home is not here. It, 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 and I've had so many times when I've had my experiences where I'm outside looking up at the sky, mm -hmm. and it's like I'm reaching up, and it's a longing. It's a longing for my family. You know, it, it is. It's almost like, it's, and it's such a a heartfelt thing of, of missing them and, and wanting to be part of them. And yes. Um, and I, I know that I share that in common with a lot of people. And, and but the thing is, I, so that's I, what I was they're with me all the time and my, my soul family and the folks uh, that uh, yeah. are, take care of me, my spirit guides and all that stuff. They're, they're, they're with us mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and they mean to yeah. take good care of us. Don't they Barbara? Absolutely. 
But I wanted to say something to Lynn too, and I, I don't mean this facetiously. <coughs> it, I mean this like very passionately. I talked to my husband before about this. Um, I think I freak him out because I don't feel that this is my home. I mean, honestly, this is our home for what? A little nanosecond of time, right? Because we're just eternal consciousness stuck in a physical body. But there have been times where I say to him, you know, I want to go home. Like, this is not my real home. I want to go home. And he'll say, oh, my God, you're not, you're not thinking of committing suicide, are you? I go, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I want to go home. So um, I have to be pretty careful who I say that to. But I feel the same way, you know, same way as you and Lynn. Um, you know, I mean, and, and the thing is, too, I mean, if we've, if we've lived in a myriad of other places, I mean, God, why pick Earth, right? It's supposed to be the densest, hardest environment to incarnate in, right? So we must be real trooper warriors to, to be here. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. By the way, yeah, do you know what's interesting about this conversation, as so many, is that when we have a conversation like this, and I've talked to over the last 15, 20 years, I've talked to many, many, many people and have had the same kind of conversations. Everybody says the same damn thing. It's not like everybody's making it up on their own. There's a common theme. There's a commonality to it that we all are the same, that we're all one and that we then and that we all are eternal souls and we're here for of various reasons to learn, to have experiences, to have a good time and or whatever and and stuff like that and it's really interesting that that everybody comes up with the same thing that's why i believe it so thoroughly now how about yeah. you guys absolutely yes and you know the thing is is when we have our experiences right you know we're having them in a time and space beyond our five physical senses and our 3d everyday life and they're realer than real i mean everything is so high and, and you see, you suddenly understand the interconnectivity of everything, right? And sometimes you get downloads of this absolutely phenomenal information you would never understand. It would be very difficult to in 3D. And then when the experience ends, you're like, back in this body, you know? I mean, you, you remember the experience. You remember some of the information, at least me, I'll speak for myself. I remember some of the information I'm given, but I believe I'm not supposed to remember all of it because if I did, I really wouldn't want to be hanging around all the time. But, but what I'm saying <laughs> is it just, once you're out of your, your body, so to speak, and you do, you do experience that complete, total, interconnectivity because you just really become pure consciousness and it's so hard to come back into the physical body you know um and again i'm just speaking for myself but i think lynn you probably feel the same way right oh yeah i mean i have felt a complete oneness with the universe i mean where i felt the universe rumble through me through my mind through my consciousness you know it's ed you know, it just it is just just not through the experiences, but you know, you can, you know, it at different times you can feel that oneness mm -hmm. where you're no longer just yourself, but you're feeling everything else. 
You're feeling, yeah. you, you know, you, you're feeling the dirt in the trees and the insects and the birds. I felt mm -hmm. that when I walked around the ocean, I would feel the, the life, the vibration. Sure. It would run through me. And, you know, and you can't you can't experience that all the time because then we wouldn't be able to you know, function no. as human beings. But right. yeah, you know, it is it is it is so much there. And, you know, it is it, it, it's just it's very difficult to sometimes explain the oneness, but it's almost mm. as if you forget who you are and, you know, you're yeah. no longer you, but you're everything at once. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting Because Susan um, um, uh, echoes your remarks that we who incarnate on Earth are badass. And, and, <laughs> she's right, but you know, we are more, and I, I have a theory. Let me let me drop my theory on YouTube uh, that uh, there are more people on the Earth now than there have ever been during the course of humanity. As a matter of fact, there's there may be more people right now at seven billion than have ever lived on the Earth before. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because mm -hmm. uh, you know it's a hard place to be. It's very dense. Uh, the law of attraction works, but it takes time and nothing happens immediately that we're used to on the other side. But I think a lot more people are being willing to come here now. You know why? Indoor plumbing. They don't have to go outside to go potty anymore and they can take a bath inside. And, and so I think, you know, it's a lot <laughs> We're a lot more comfortable than we, than we used to be 100 years ago, 150 years ago. So, oh sorry, that's just my weirdness coming out. I can't help myself. Sorry. So, but but uh, let's talk about the book again. I want to make sure that everybody that has the opportunity can go get your book. It's on Amazon, um, and, and the name of it is, again. It's the Interconnection. Um Extraordinary experiences. See, and that's why I have the author do that because I'm bound to screw it up. That's just the convergence. Kevin, of, we talked about the toilet. You got me, you got me going, and I forgot. <laughs> well, I said indoor plumbing. That's more than more than indoor plumbing than a toilet, but you know, but that is a major. <laughs> Well, excuse me. <laughs> no, it's it's that's um, very. But anyway, it's also yeah, it's available on Amazon. It's also available on Amazon um, Europe, in all over Europe, in Canada, Australia, um, the Netherlands, and believe it or not, I think Turkey. Uh, and um, it's on Barnes and Nobles and Book Nook, and on Kindle. So there's a lot of places you can find it. It's in Turkey, and, and they can do that without somebody, like, getting burned yeah. at the stake for buying that, that because most of them are Muslims. Yeah. I, I know. I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw that it was available in Turkey. I don't know why. Um, but, you know, hey, it's a paradigm changer, so I guess that's a good thing. That's right. So, so tell us. Tell us if you were to buy the if if you were to go read the book, what are you going to get out of it? Well, let's see. There's a we. I'll tell you what our goals were in writing the book. Um, first of all, we wanted to show, and again, it's you know convergence. Every one of our experiences have common themes. We want people to know that you know, like ufology, so to speak. 
speak, or past lives, or near death, you know, some of the big ones. They used to be studied as individual phenomena, right? And we never really looked at it that way. We look at it like a tree and they're just different branches of the tree. They're, they are different aspects of consciousness, but they have so many commonalities. And that's a large part of the book. Like for example, in all of them, we don't speak verbally, we speak telepathically. They're realer than real. I mean, they really are realer than our everyday life. They're non-mistakable that it's you're you're having an extraordinary experience. Um, you we have downloads of uh, information or we suddenly understand something in a context that we could never understand it, you know, normally. Uh, there's we usually see beings of light or some type of light. Time doesn't exist the way we know it on Earth. It can speed up, it can slow down, or it can just completely um, disappear. So there are other components as well. Those are just some of them. And so we wanted to get across that, you know, these are all interconnected, and and if people could look at it that way and understand it that way. That might be a paradigm changer. Um, we also are multi, as, I, as we've said, you know, we've had experiences our whole lives. So we do lean towards the experiential because, you know, we've, we've done it. We've, we've been there. It's really important to back it up by science. The two have to be married, really. You know, you have to find that middle ground. So we include a lot of hard cutting edge science. Uh, the other piece we wanted to bring in is that because what i hear all the time you know and i've been told you're crazy you're nuts it's not real <coughs> you know, it's so hard for experiencers to navigate life uh, you know everyday life when people don't validate them or believe them things like that so we wanted to let everybody know that this is okay. It's normal. There are like-minded people. Don't feel alone. You know, uh, and we give a lot of resources that people can use in the back of the book to connect with other like-minded people. And then thirdly, um, there's a growing trend in education and the medical field. It's growing really slowly to educate medical personnel and, you know, doctors, nurses, uh, hospice, um psychologists psychiatrists that they really need different education to teach them how to deal with patients that are having spiritual or have had spiritual transformative experiences because if they don't listen to them and validate their experience you know it can create even more confusion and more angst and more difficulty for the patient. And it can even lead to PTSD. I mean, 40% of near-death experiencers end up with PTSD, which is a lot. Um, and I really believe part of that is because they're not heard. You know, they're having this incredulous experience. And they're coming back. They're trying to process it and understand it and make sense of it. And at the same time, too often, way too often, they're being told they're crazy. That really didn't happen, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's really sad. So that's the third thing that, you know, I like to emphasize. And Lynn, what, what else would you like to 
bring in about the book? Well, I mean, to me, the whole thing is that consciousness continues that, you know, we do not, you know, this is, we continue on life is beyond our physical body. Death does not exist. You know, I, I think that of any huge paradigm changer for me was a realization of that. You know, it's amazing to me that, well, it's, it's beyond my comprehensions that people, people believe um, I have a, um, a relative relative is very close to me and he's, and he says, Nope, sorry. When you're dead, you're dead. It's black. It's and there's nothing like, it's yeah. like, I can't believe that you can actually believe that. That makes no sense <laughs> to me. Uh, Cause it, because there has to be purpose. There has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky enough to yes. understand that so that you can look forward mm-hmm. to, um, it's like it, it, last fall, my brother passed away. Um, he was 18 months older than me and, uh, he passed away of lung cancer. I wasn't sad because I knew where he was going and I knew that he would be happy and it was okay because I know that I know that if at the root of my soul, I know that why some people can't figure that out. I don't know, but that's why I'm glad you guys have the book out there. Yeah. You can help them, you can help them yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yes. So it's been a book. Yeah. It's a I, I always said, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Barbara. You know, the, the thing, I'm sorry. The thing is, because um, I'm getting a little echo, so I'm sorry. The thing is uh, that I, I don't understand this, Kevin. You maybe understand it better than me because of your clearness. But I do not get while the fear of speaking is supposed to be the number one fear there is. I would think it would be the fear of death. That's number two. So, which is still out. <laughs> so, in writing this, Lynn's right. Like I, I, I have told people, you know, if I can reach five people, you know, I mean, I'd love to reach you know, thousands, but if I can reach like five people and have them change their their vision of death and lose the fear of it, you know, what a wonderful thing! How great is that? I, oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, because we're coming to our, our our time together is coming to a close. I'm so sorry. I'm, I would like to have you guys on again. Would you guys like to come on again? Oh, I'd love to. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. So, uh, Barbara Mango yeah. and Lynn Milla, and this is the part of the program where I give you each a soapbox to talk about to our audience whatever you'd like to say. <laughs> So, Lynn, why don't you go first? I hate to spring it on you. You want to? Well, <laughs> no, I highly encourage people to visit the website, you know, because, you know, the, um, Barbara is a prolific, beautiful, wonderful writer. And she has put out so many beautiful blog articles all about this stuff, you know, about her own experiences, about our experiences, about her expertise of all this. So, the um, experiencers, here I go again. Now you're making me forget. Extraordinaryexperiences.org is our <laughs> website. And please visit that too, okay? Holy crap, it's contagious. <laughs> because we got, we, got, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of great stuff on the website. So please visit that too. Yeah, we do. Um, and, and we have a lot of other things there as well. Um, so yes, if you could check back and we actually connect with people, you can reach out to us. We'll connect back with you. 
whether on social media or on Facebook yes. or on Twitter. Um, I haven't started Instagram yet, but occasionally I post uh, to Instagram. And um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to add that, um, a little plug here, but I will be speaking at the um, International Association of um, excuse me, Near Death um, Studies, it's IONS, they're having their national convention in September. The information is on the website. I just found out that I was accepted a few days ago. Uh, so anyway, that's um, so. My so you news. Didn't, you didn't tell me that. That's huge news. That's that's that validates that's like, everything. It's, <laughs> it's um well you she know she just I found out. I get in and it took them a <laughs> it took them a really long time to make a decision. Like they were supposed to, I believe I was supposed to hear about April 1st. And I didn't hear until, I think, what was it, like three days ago, something like that. So it sort of just happened, Kevin. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited about it. It's, um, it's going to be virtual this year, though, because they just decided with COVID to keep it that way. It so. it doesn't matter that that group has been going on for a very very long time. It yeah. continues to grow, uh, the the science behind it, and and everything is continues to be validated. So no, that's 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 a big deal. You you know what that does for you? That give it that gives you credibility and gives the book credibility as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's going to be September first to the fifth. It's four days to share, and we're. Putting as as it comes closer, I'll be posting a lot more about the conference. I, I just have the you know those details right now. So I know. Surprise! That out. But you should be very mm -hmm. happy about that, and congratulations. Very well deserved. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. We've been talking with uh, uh, Barbara Mango and Lynn and Miller. They are the co-authors of the book. Then so let's see if we can all say it together. Convergence. The interconnection the inter of extraordinary experiences. Oh, extraordinary experiences. And if you if you go, it'll be on the it'll be on the uh, um, podcast, and it'll be on YouTube as well. So, uh, we I appreciate both of you coming on, and and uh, and we'll we'll have to do this again as we get closer to September. You need to come on, Barbara, and we'll talk about uh ndes and and all of that research and and of course susan you're welcome as well okay. and we'll and we'll and we'll do this again can we do this in, in at the end of summer hey we can do it whenever you want i'm a whenever i love this want. show yeah we oh, love well. it and kevin yes. you make us laugh you make me laugh too much <laughs> <laughs> well as long as you don't need the pens that's good uh it's but that's <laughs> that's half the fun of of creating and i love and i love talking to people like you because you give my energy such a boost because i i i know that what we're talking about is true and people that are out there it that say very true them 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 folks is nuts they they don't know <laughs> and they need to they need to figure it out and sooner or later it's as happened with my brother he was a he was a fundamentalist Christian upon his deathbed, and so he didn't find out then, but he's found out now. I have a a, a friend that is a medium, and uh, and she got in contact with him real recently and said, 
And he said to her, it's true. He was right. So that makes wow. a big difference to me. So that was really cool. So again, uh, Barbara Mango and Lynn Miller, you guys are welcome anytime you want to. And we'll, we'll do this again and we'll, we'll have some fun. Uh, Thanks, Kevin. I can't pronounce your book. Put it up there one more time, Lynn. <laughs> Convergence. There it is. The interconnection of yes. extraordinary experiences. And that's what they are. Extraordinary experiences. See, and I couldn't even, of course, it was moving at the time. So I. You guys, you guys have a wonderful day, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed being on. Thank you, Kevin. Now, you guys stay where you are. And uh, by the way, um, um, Susan, who's kind of a regular around here, uh, Susan, I've got a brand new closing. I want you to listen to it and then respond and let me know what you think. So, ladies, hold on right where you are. Oops. Okay. I, I, I got to go do something else here. <laughs> Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on Mind Dependence Report.